All right, so the the uh, next kind of thing that we have to hit on here are the injuries and uh, the guys who are leaving or who are have been forced to the sidelines, the guys who are going to be making their way from the sidelines back into the action. We'll start with uh, Devin Booker and Chris Middleton. Phoenix and Milwaukee were seen as probably the favorites to face off in the in the final. No, I think betting wise, the favorites to yeah, fe- were, face yeah. off against against each other in the finals. Obviously, that, those playoff pictures are very different here. Between Milwaukee and Phoenix, uh, which team do you think is more likely to survive their injury right now? Or better suited to survive yeah. the injury that they that they lost? Um, I, I, think, I think Phoenix is in more trouble. Um, I, I, the Pelicans don't feel like a a like normal eight seed um they started the year i think it was one in 12 Mm -hmm. and then traded for cj mccollum Mm -hmm. so they had to like battle and fight their way back to get to nine and then win and win twice to get to eight and i don't know where phoenix is going to generate offense from and the pelicans aren't great defensively the the pelicans do have one like structural advantage over Phoenix is they do they have a lot of athletic size mm-hmm. um, which Phoenix struggles with I don't know where Phoenix is gen- going to generate offense because I don't know how much of a burden you can put on Chris Paul that's like you know it's probably more usage for Chris Paul in this yeah. case um so I don't I think they're going to struggle to to score Bridges is already playing like 42 minutes a game right so so those minutes are going to be replaced by you know, a little bit more from Chris Paul, but Chris Paul's old and has a history of breaking down. So I don't know how much more usage you can put on Chris Paul. Maybe you can get a little bit more from Aiden. Crowder's going to do what Crowder does. You're not going to get any more from him. So, you know, they that's they'll get some more from Cam Johnson, but you're going to rely on Landry Shamit a little bit more. You're going to rely on campaign a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And it starts getting, I mean, they're fine players, but it starts getting, as far as offensive generation, it's I think it's going to get a little dicey. Chris Middleton has been bad for for Milwaukee, but it feels like, OK, like Giannis, just take us home in this one. Mm-hmm. Like you'll you and Drew That's hasn't been great either, but Drew hasn't been great either. But they got Giannis. So Giannis yeah. like, all right, fine. We're going to need a few more of those 38, 17 and 12 games. Yeah, that now That's instead of later The the Suns don't have anybody who can go super scion in the way that Giannis right. can. Like he just, he's Giannis. He's, in my opinion, the best player in the world. And if you ask for more of him, he can actually continue to give you more. Uh, maybe if Chris Paul was like five years younger, you could think about that. But asking for more from him, especially this time of year where he tends to break down anyway, you know. Yeah. Um, I think they're uh, both in trouble long term. I think this. I think this eliminates both of them, but in this series, in this right now, I think Phoenix is in more trouble. Well, who's their who's their next Milwaukee's next matchup? Miami, Miami. No, uh, excuse me, no, no, uh, yeah. no. It's uh, Boston, Boston. Yeah, that makes me nervous. Boston or Boston? Boston or has Nets, enough theoretically. Boston has enough like length and athleticism on the wing to make life really difficult on Giannis. Just ask KD. Um, yeah. Though I think I think the the Boston. Brooklyn series uh, 
I don't think that one's over. I, I think Boston I has either. gotten a really favorable whistle in Boston. Shocker. Um, <laughs> the Jerry West leprechaun. <laughs> right, yeah. Uh, and I think when they go to, to Brooklyn, some of those guys are going to find themselves in foul trouble for defending KD in the same way that they defended him in Boston. So I think he that's... Has been, he has been awful. KD is... Yeah, I don't awful. think KD is going to continue to be this bad. He might. Like, he, he might just be tired, you know, Uh he was averaging like 40 minutes a game down the stretch, and that's a lot to ask anybody, especially after an Achilles injury. But, but I think, uh, but yeah, I, I think, I think I'm I'm more confident in Milwaukee's ability to handle this and maybe get Middleton back. Uh, Middleton's injury itself, obviously, is a lot scarier than than Booker's because, yep. you know, a, a, a sprained MCL is is just a lot going on there in the knee, whereas a hamstring is, uh, you know, now it's a hamstring that was already pulled earlier this year. So, yep. uh, that gives you pause the way that Booker reacted to it. Also, yeah, made me knew. really nervous. Yeah, like he, he, he sat down on the bench and you just saw that empty look in his, in his eyes. Um, that really sucked to see. And by the way, like a lot of people, like when I, when I tweet out, like this really sucks to see. Uh, I hate injuries and all this stuff. A lot of Lakers fans are saying, you know, this is kind of what uh, Suns fans get for their reaction to what AD said about uh, how things might have go might have gone differently if he and LeBron were healthy last year. Mm-hmm. Um, I understand where that's coming from. I, mm-hmm. I I just I I don't like ever like karma in injuries is not something I ever really want to fuck with. So no, like, and that Devin Booker didn't say that. Yeah, <laughs> right. It's Suns fans and Lakers yeah. fans. Like, like I Devin on Devin Booker. Sun, Suns fans could have obviously I I think they probably could have handled that better. Um yeah. and and I understand why Lakers fans are kind of, you know, enjoying some Schadenfreude in direction with that or in relation with those Suns fans. Uh but generally speaking, like I, I that's not that's not a path I, I like to yeah, go down I very agree. much. Lakers fans root against the Suns. I'm with it. Yeah. Right. Don't root for injuries. I'm not right. with that. Exactly. Um all right, the guys coming back though are fascinating. So we yeah, mentioned. So let's start with Simmons because we've just. Well, been talking I about wanted the to say like which was the most interesting to you, Simmons, Time Lord, or Luca? Uh, that's a great question. Um, which one is the most? All right, so I think the least impactful one is the most interesting one to me. Ben Simmons mm. is the most interesting to me. Okay. Um, because. I have no idea what it's going to look like. And Not a single. Fa- no idea. And that's fascinating <laughs> to me. Yeah. I mean, he could come in and the easiest thing for him to do, the thing he is best at is guard Jalen Brown or guard Jason Tatum. Right. And can you do that for 10 minutes or 15 minutes? I don't know, but that is going to be the easiest thing for him to do because that yeah. is what he is best at. That doesn't, yeah, I mean, he has to be in shape for that, but that doesn't require any of the, like, whatever he is struggling with psychologically, mentally, that is not going to tax that. Mm -hmm. And all of the, I'm not, I haven't played in a while and all of like the nuance of offense or making rotations, what are we doing off the ball kind of stuff defensively? Like me guarding Jason Tatum doesn't require any of that. Mm -hmm. So I think he could be effective and they damn sure need it. Yeah. Um, so he could be, but I have no idea. I just don't have no idea. We haven't seen him play basketball in a year. So I have no idea what that's going to look like. Um, 
so I think it's probably the least impactful of the, any one of the returns. Mm-hmm. But I just don't know. It's fascinating to me. And then what is what is Yudoka going to do? Are they going to just like, are they going to hack a Ben and test his psychology? Like, so all of that is just, all of that is, I, so that's number one on interesting to my, obviously Luca is the best player of the group. So that maybe like long-term has the most, like, I think Luca's return could impact the playoffs the most on a grand scale of any of those three, because Luca is, you know, he's just a monster and mm-hmm. Dallas is hugely dependent on him. Um, and then obviously with time Lord, let's see what it looks like, but Boston was destroyed. It was a destroyer of worlds before he got hurt. So does that slot right back into that? But Simmons is the most interesting to me. I think Luca has the potential to be the most impactful. Yeah, so, so the biggest addition I think is clearly Luca, like, you know, he, given the fact that I actually think this run without him was kind of a blessing in disguise for, for Dallas. Do you sit, do you sit him for game four? Yeah. I'd continue to sit him until you absolutely need him. Like, but do you need him two two? Are you waiting till it's th- like three? Oh yeah. No, I like, as soon as the series is even, you bring him okay. back. But I, I, I'd see like, if I'm, if I'm Dallas, I see if I could win this thing. And I think they can, they clearly can't like the, the game last night in Utah was never particularly close. Like it was like he got close they, in the fourth. Yeah, they, they made they made like a it was a fake. It was, look the fake the, 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 <laughs> Harrison <laughs> Fagan Memorial. <laughs> but I feel like Harrison's dead. Uh, <laughs> if anybody can recognize a fake comeback, it's us. And that was a that was a the, the Lakers were impressed by that fake comeback from Utah. Um, so it is. I just checked. So it tomorrow you uh, on Saturday. It's a 1.30 Pacific game, Dallas and the Jazz. And then they do play Monday also. Game five will be Monday. So yeah. it's not. I was wondering if it was like one of those weird. There's a, Well, they don't do this on the weekends, though. So I was going to wonder if there was the extra, you know, the two days off in between. Mm-hmm. So if you don't play Luka, it's, you get one more day of rest, extra des- day of rest for him. Yeah. But no. I, I, would, I would see if I could handle. Uh, you already got your home court advantage back, like. I would see if I could, if, if the guys who just took care of business in Utah can do it again, um, as soon as the chips get down in Utah, like as soon as you punch them one time in the face, I think that team's just going to fold. That team hates each other so much that as soon as it's like a 12 point lead, it's going to balloon into a 20. It's just a matter of trying to get it to to that 12 point lead. I I think, uh, Utah jazz players also saw those uniforms that they unveiled. Oh, I was just, oh, those, those, them shits are, yeah, they're like, all right, I desperately need to get out of here now. (laughs) Let's go. Get me out. (laughs) Give me up out of here. Quinn Snyder Snyder was like, I no. it does have black for him though. Yeah. But like he, he likes black on black and that has that highlighter yellow that was popular like three years ago. It was, it's not like a thing anymore. What are they doing? Hideous. Yeah, just go get somebody awful. like every every team just needs Grant. Just go hire Grant, yeah. right? Wasn't that still the ha- we still have that hashtag hire? I mean, he obviously is doing quite well for himself now. Yeah. But hi- the hire Grant NBA uniform, whoever is consulting on these things or designing these things, every single team needs to hire Grant. That was that was my uh, that was my hashtag. Hashtag hire Grant was like yeah. the that was I a- stole that from you and what was it the courtside Karen I think was the other one I I took <laughs> uh, I owe you like fifty cents now. <laughs> um, 
No, I, so I think Luca. Luca is obviously the one that, at the end of the day, is going to matter the most. He's the best player of those three, um, and makes Dallas the be- The you know takes them back to I think title contention now. Right. It's hard to it's hard to, to it's hard to ignore him now. Especially because they would be playing Phoenix theoretically in yeah. round two, and maybe Booker, a game or two, two to three weeks, there. right? Mm-hmm. Like, so it's probably at least a few games. Yeah, with, depending on how quickly these series go, it's probably at least a couple games without Booker. Right. With with Luca and without Booker, even for a couple games, Dallas has to be favored. Yeah, I wonder if Dallas should maybe like lose it. That might be more reason to rest Luca, right? <laughs> Well, I know they want to. They want to get. No, to you want to get it over with quickly. Yeah, yeah. And you want yeah. Phoenix to, or well, or whoever you want yeah. that series. Normally, if Phoenix wins, you want that to. You want it to go quickly. Yeah. If if uh, if the uh, Pels win, you want it to go long. In that case. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I, I. But I think what you said about Simmons is really important here. I, I think the defense part of it is the most predictable but i think the way that he can impact the series most is if he can operate as a facilitator in the short role and get like just because right now everything that kd and kyrie are getting is off of stationary isolations and and it's so it's so easy for an already great defensive team to key in on those guys um correct so can you get, can Ben Simmons allow those guys to be in motion more? Can Steve Nash make that kind of an well, that's uh, adjustment? What I was say. That yeah. would require Steve Nash calling a single play. <laughs> I don't know that Brooklyn has run a set yet during these playoffs. I think and it, he may be, and he may be in Kyrie and KD who are in charge of the team. Maybe just like, nah, yeah, we got mm-hmm. it. We'll go ahead. Somewhat surprised he didn't win Coach of the Year for for his efforts in Brooklyn this year. I mean, call something. <laughs> but you want, yeah, no, I agree with you. Simmons on the short roll, great idea. Yeah, it, but it's that just... would require <laughs> that would require someone calling something. Um, this just in as we are as we are recording, uh, Luca's doing some five on five scrimmaging stuff to see how his knee feels or his. Or his uh, was his calf his calf feels yeah, yeah, yeah. um yeah I, I think i think they sit him for game four bring him back game five also for like it's it's their first game back in dallas you want you, if you can get that return in dallas that building will be electric yeah um however that goes down so i i think if, if you so i agree with you yeah i just don't like giving away playoff games that's fine. I, if you I, can I, step on i mean because of utah's mentality mm-hmm. if you can step on their throat you got to do it yeah, I think they can without Luca. Is what I'm saying. Sure, I don't think you're wrong necessarily. Yeah, but Aaron, that team with hates. I bet. I bet on the vibes, right? Okay, yeah. All right, all right. I all bet right. on the vibes. I'm doubling down. Um, all right. Robert Williams is really interesting though, because, uh, and it, I'm not saying that he takes Boston out of what the, what has made them so daunting specifically against Brooklyn right their ability to switch everywhere uh Time Lord allows you to do some of that can like he he, he can still do some of that oh yeah but uh but He's like not I don't think necessarily like when when they've had smart and white and brown and Tatum out there um it, it like th- th- those those guys just like wreaking havoc all over the court with somebody 
pretty mobile um, is just is just it feels impossible sometimes to score against. And uh, I think they I think what they have earned themselves is the ability to essentially like really slowly work him back. He also had a like it's a it's it's not a it's not uh, an meniscus, easy recovery, yeah. you know, the, the, yeah. the torn meniscus like it. Uh, it's not I, I don't know enough about the knee to, to comment necessarily on it. But this is a guy who has a really bright future ahead of him. He's going to be a cornerstone of an already, impro- uh, you know, exciting future organizationally for Boston. I would just kind of take their time bringing him back. Um, and and you know, if you if you desperately desperately need, if they all of a sudden, if Brooklyn all of a sudden starts putting pressure on the rim, which they haven't been able to do to this point, then okay, you you really start ramping up the 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 return. But as of right now against this specific Brooklyn team that is playing, you know, pretty lazy, ugly offense. I think you just take your time. Yeah, those are the meniscus injuries are are scary. Jaron Jackson Jr. had one and, you know, missed like he was out for eight, a long eight time. or nine months. Right. James Wiseman had missed the entire year um, when everybody thought he was going to be ready for training camp. He missed the entire year. Yep. And I always think about um, Brandon Roy when I was in Portland. He, I want to say it was the last day of the regular season, um, tore his meniscus against the Lakers. I don't mm-hmm. remember if it was in Portland. No, I think it was here. I think it was in LA. And um, they're depending on where in the knee, uh, excuse me, where on the meniscus it is and what kind of tear it is. You can basically either just like snip. You can. Some people don't have surgery at all, but if you have surgery. You can basically repair it, which is stitching the whole thing back together, which mm-hmm. takes it's much more invasive and takes a lot longer to heal. But you have a better chance at fully healing or you can just like shave off the piece that yeah. is the flap that has come loose. And so that's what he did. He just shaved off the flap that had come loose and allowed that him reduces, to return faster. Yeah. He, so he came back and played in a playoff game eight days later after after his the injury, eight, not eight days from surgery, eight days from eight yeah. days from the injury. And, um, you know, he wasn't quite ready. He did have a huge fourth grade. He had 23 or 24 in the fourth of a playoff game to beat the Mavs. The Blazers had a big, huge comeback and it was great, but like he was diminished. He was diminished permanently from it. And like, it was basically the end of his career. He had had knee stuff before and had knee stuff after, but it basically ended his career because his knee just never was the same. So I, I agree with, being careful about meniscus stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, now, this has obviously been a lot longer for Time Lord. Um, and he... <laughs> longer than eight days, you're saying? <laughs> theoretically isn't being rushed back, but though that, like, always... He is kind of, sort of, like... It's been it, a few weeks, yeah. It's but not, I also, I don't know, I haven't seen... I mean, I, he did have surgery, but I haven't seen if it was... Well, it must not have been, if, if because it's only been a couple weeks, it must not have been yeah. a, a repair, because that usually would take much longer, so... Yeah, I don't. This one, this one is weird. However, I do understand. Like, Brooklyn is very dangerous, and no matter how a series is going, like these are the playoffs. And if you can play in the playoffs, you don't want to give playoff games away. You don't want to give anybody life, right? Much like we were just talking about with Luca coming back against Utah. Like, yeah, giving if he can play, play. I don't want to give. I don't want to give KD life. Give giving KD life is very different than giving a basically comatose Utah Jazz team life. That that is fair. Basically (laughs) comatose. (laughs) 
basically comatose. That's funny. Uh, what do you have a theory on on KD struggles? Like we haven't seen him look this kind of bad since like his rookie year. I haven't seen him just look this kind of bad ever. Um, yeah, especially in the postseason. Yeah. So I think I think you are. I think there are two things. I think one, um, Jason Tatum does not get enough credit for the kind of defender no. that he has become. Mm-hmm. Um, and Marcus Smart also has given him some problems. He has. There are teams that have in the past um, decided like nobody is going to challenge. Although although Jason Tatum, who is six ten has challenged some of KD stuff up top but mm-hmm. most most teams uh just say we're not going to challenge that we don't have anybody yeah. that can do that because the guys on planet earth that can do that are like AD and Giannis and a little yeah. bit of Jason Tatum here apparently so they'll put a smaller guy on yeah. him right uh in some of those warriors series you know they would put like a Pat Bev has been on him, the warriors on against him. against mm-hmm. the, the the clippers and Drew Holiday um, has had some success against him. Uh, so I think that is like giving Jason Tatum credit for what he has been able to do, I think is part of it. I think what I just mentioned, the complete stagnation of the Nets offense. Like, wild. It's much easier if you just know where he's going to be standing all the time. And yeah. it's just one-on-one everything. There's no movement. There's no sets. And then I think the probably the most important part of it is what you mentioned earlier. KD is gassed. Like he's, he has had exhausted. to carry a ton, right? Yeah. With like emotionally, physically, and he like he said last year, right? There was the the with his toe on the line. If they had beaten Milwaukee, like somebody asked him, you know, did you were you going to go win the title? Did that cost you the title? And he said, no, I was gassed. I'm like I played forty six or forty eight minutes a night. No, I didn't have anything left. Yeah, I don't think KD has much left in the tank right now. Now he's still so good that he can go, you know, he can go four games and the next four games, he may score 45 a night and play 48 minutes and they win the series because he is that special. But I think it is the combination of him being physically and emotionally gassed, um, the no creativity to the offense and a good defensive effort from, from Tatum and smart. Emotionally, I think is an important one to point out here. Like, I'm sure he headed into this season really excited about the the the, the prospect of playing with James and pay, playing with Kyrie, and this was a yep. team that he put together because you know KD has kind of the LeBron setup in Brooklyn, um, and I'm sure he was really excited about that. And then look, like the, there aren't very many other ways to say this. Kyrie tanked that, you know, like as, as did James. Yeah, you know, it, those those two guys, you know, with their own flaws, James showed up. Uh, fat to to the off season, Kyrie obviously with the whole vaccine thing, which like regardless of how you feel about vaccine mandates and all of that, at the end of the day, those were the rules, and that was a that was a situation that Kyrie could have handled himself, and and avoided all of that shit, mm-hmm. and he chose not to, mm-hmm. and so on both on both of those fronts, like KD's just sitting there, and he doesn't have any control of either of those situations. And he and he, by the way, is the one who had to answer questions about it all year. Yeah, that's that's the big part like, of it. Those yeah. he that's he exhausting. was the one who was who's having to like, you know, what do you think about Kyrie not being able to play now? And nope, we're getting closer to the playoffs. What do you think about him not being, right. being able and to play and now? Then, oh, and, hey, the team sent him home. Yeah, uh, we don't want him a part-time player. What do you think about that? Okay, right. well now he's coming back, but now he can't play. He can only play in road games. Okay, yeah. so now he can play in home games too. 
What do you yeah. think about reports that James Harden is upset here? He won't talk about it. What do you mm-hmm. think? And, and mm-hmm. it's just like, yeah, like this season, I'm, I'm sure was just an incredibly fatiguing, exhausting season for him. And, and then this is a Boston team's like, that's the worst kind of team to face is a physical, big athletic team at your specific position to have to go, <laughs> go through this entire season mm-hmm. and then deal with that. Uh, yeah, I can understand why he looks exhausted. Um, KD come to come to LA. Um, and then, so the, the other one, the other part of, of the Brooklyn thing here is, and this is where I kind of link it back to the Lakers. Um, we have seen, so they, the, the, the Brooklyn Nets let Atkinson go. Mm-hmm. And he was one of the more respected coaches in the league at the time of his departure. He is going to get another chance. I would imagine as soon as this year as a head coach. Um, yeah, he's, a, he's the lead assistant in uh, Golden State. Yeah. Uh, so he's, he's going to wind up somewhere. He was a really good coach in Brooklyn. It was a really surprising move that, that they made to get rid of him in the first place. That was really kind of a, a, a player first type of move. That was the guy. Nash was the guy that those that those guys wanted. Kyrie said, I think there's a quote where he says basically verbatim, yeah, we don't really see it as having a head coach this year. You can't do that with a coach as respected right. as 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 uh it turns out you need head coaches in in uh is my long winded point here. Um you they they Jared Allen seeing the success that he had in Cleveland, he was kind of shoved uh, off stage, off stage left. So as to make room for Deandre Jordan, um, that was a disaster of a, a series of moves. And we have seen how that has really helped Cleveland and how Deandre didn't help the Lakers this year. Um, I'm kind of wondering if, if uh, you know, given the, the, the way that things have kind of imploded in both LA and now in Brooklyn, where you have, I'm not saying that there aren't stars everywhere else that don't have input. That's not what I'm saying at all. But it's not, I don't think, to the extent that LeBron and KD have it in their two situations. Do you think this kind of brings that pendulum back to the middle a little bit where maybe some of that power structure potentially got a little out of whack with those two specific situations? I think that it's... No, I don't think the pendulum swings back. Because I think the what is it? What the genie's out of the bottle at this point, mm-hmm. um, and then I'm not I'm not suggesting what should or shouldn't be. No, Although yeah. to be fair, I do think I do think that I don't know the situation in in Brooklyn um, like firsthand, but I do think that there are definitely. I think there is more balance um, in with the Lakers as it relates to that than there has been previously mm-hmm. um and i'm not saying what should or shouldn't be but no i don't think it's like that the players are going to have power i'm not we saying they shouldn't by the yeah, way but we don't hear about it. yes to the extent is the question yeah mm-hmm. i think that another interesting part of it when i just thought of when you were talking about and this this is relevant for for the lakers and in, in the coaching search is that when kenny atkinson was fired yeah part of it was like KD and 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 Kyrie wanted somebody else wanted you know a guy that they could be buddies with and like you know mm-hmm. somebody that they appear something close to yeah, exactly to appear yeah but the other thing is I think that when you're when and the Lakers specifically for this coaching hire but every coach every coaching hire 
you have to kind of try to do a good job because Kenny Atkinson was a development guy. You mentioned Jared Allen. He did a great job developing all those young guys. Um, even D'Lo got D'Lo to be an all-star, right? All of those. Mm -hmm. So teams have like a lifespan and a, a, a place where they are in their lifespan. Yeah. And that was a Brooklyn team that was like, so maybe you have to try to match what the coach's strength with where you are in that, you know, on in that your development life. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's going to be important for now. Uh, coaches can certainly much like players, coaches can development can develop and improve and mm -hmm. all of that. But Kenny was seen and that's why he was brought in with the Warriors because they wanted to have him help develop the Warriors are doing this thing Wiseman, and it may work. They're doing pool, right. Wiseman and, and Kaminga and Moody, right? Mm -hmm. And they're trying to do this thing. Joe Lacob Steph, is trying to like do Like maybe thing. see if Steph can make a shot in a playoff series. Well, maybe maybe Kenny Atkinson is responsible for this resurgence, this 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 new role of Steph. He's developed him maybe into a six man of the year candidate next yeah. year. I don't if they had a six man of the playoffs, Steph would win it. Um, so I think Steph it's Steph might be, be the greatest six man of all time now, right? I mean, based on the last three games, I would say he's probably locked that up. <laughs> Uh, I think Jamal Crawford's the greatest six man of all time, but um, yeah. So I Jamal think Jamal needs be... a bigger presence in media. Can I just say that? Like that Jamal, dude is just yeah. really, really good. Every time I see him on on TV, every time I see his interviews, he's just he's JC's really insightful, yeah, thoughtful person. And one of the kindest, Jamal come on the show. One of the saying. kindest. I'll, I I I will. I'll, I'll get him to. Yeah. He's one of the kindest. Like nice. He's one of the best people I've met in. NBA life. Mm -hmm. Um yeah, but maybe I don't know, maybe Steph has surpassed him with these last three <laughs> these last three playoff <laughs> six men out. And there goes stuff. our chances at Jamal Crawford. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but so I think I think it's gonna be um right. I, I think that is something that Lakers fans should keep in mind. It, it is important to match like the coach that can get you somewhere may not be the coach to take you from that place to winning time there we go see i'll bring it back hey, winning there time. You go. um so i think that's going to be that will be something to monitor for the for the lakers coaching search but that was why that was another reason in addition to the fact that it was a player first they wanted to appear it was all right like is kenny atkinson i'm not saying he wasn't the right guy yeah. but when you're trying to like develop young guys and become something and make the playoffs maybe is a different coach than the guy that is going to win you playoff series and a title i think there's some irony to the notion that Kenny Atkinson was seen as less win now as the first time ever head coach. I'm not suggesting you're wrong. So <laughs> but like, here's my thing. If, if LeBron, if KD, if AD, if Kyrie, if they were great at the personnel and organizational stuff, I wouldn't care. Like if anything, it'd be really cool that they'd be able to figure it out. But I, just like we saw with coaches, like it's really good to be really, really, like really hard to be really good at jobs that have very different aspirations. Like if you're a team executive, you have to think about the future. Mm -hmm. If you're a coach, you have to, if you're a player, you have to win now. Like those are two just completely different yes. wavelengths. And and I think in, in, LeBron, in both what, of those- What the Lakers look like seven years from now is very different as far as priorities is very different for LeBron and G yeah. and, and yes. Yes. And, and, and the other thing too, with like, in order to be a great coach, 
There are only so many hours in the day. In order to be a great player, there are only so many hours in the day. So you need to be able to trust and delegate these things in, in ways that, you know, sometimes coaches and players, they don't even necessarily know who to trust or delegate on those things. Why, why would they, mm -hmm. you know? So it's not, it's not when I say, cause I, I know, uh, I know it at times sounds like I come out against player, player empowerment. I'm not, I, that's not what I'm saying at all. I'm saying that it's, those are two of the most difficult jobs in sports is to be a superstar or a coach and an and a gm and right. the president of team operations like those are those are very 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 difficult jobs in arguably the most competitive industry that we have in the world which is professional sports and all of the billions of dollars that are at stake in that like it would be insane you would you would need the um the blue guy from from what's the thing behind me i don't know the Watchmen. Oh, I don't know what that. Um, what, what Mr. Is, Manhattan. Thank oh, you. is that that's like a comic book movie or show? Yeah, you've never seen you've never no, seen or know. read The Watchmen. No, I don't know it. Oh man, well you, I'm not it, I'm not good at the like superhero and comic book stuff. Yeah, but like I, I, it's not that I dislike it. I just don't. I haven't. I am not that well versed on them. I like some of them. I like the yeah. those the Christopher Nolan Batman trilogy is great. Yeah, I haven't seen the new one yet. I got it's on HBO Max now. I got to watch it. Um, can we actually, I wanted to, when you were mentioning how hard coaching is, mm -hmm. you know, what isn't that hard mm. to do when you're coaching, when you have a, I think 21 point lead and another team goes on a 21 Oh run, Chris Finch, maybe a timeout. <laughs> we're just going to let them crawl, walk, walk you down just all the way back. Yeah. When just, we're just, you know, we're the Look. rollover minute timeouts. We're just going to carry them for next game. What are we I'm I'm one of the I'm one of the people who always thought that Chris Finch, when he got a head coach job, would be really really good at it. Like I think he has been, but that that's fireable. You know, like like you have timeouts. You see those little dots right there. You have timeouts. Yeah. Like maybe it like I just six zero fine. Yeah, you know ten zero ten zero. I'm kind of surprised. <laughs> I'm kind of surprised Pat Bev never called a timeout. Just went rogue and called a timeout. <laughs> Like, no, he just wanted to get buckets. Like remember, <laughs> remember when uh, the Lakers were uh, they were down by like four and they needed a foul, and Byron for whatever reason was just kind of stoically standing there with his arms crossed. Oh, I know the reason he was bad at coaching, mm -hmm. and like he was just standing there on the <laughs> sideline and he wasn't telling anybody to foul. And Jeremy Lin is like looking over at Byron, should I foul? Should I foul? Should I? And Kobe's going insane, like foul, foul. Foul and finally Kobe sprints over and fouls the guy himself in order to, to 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 get the extra possession that the Lakers needed there. Like sometimes a vet just has to go rogue and do what is necessary yeah. for the team there. Yeah. Surprise that wasn't Pat Bev. Surprise that wasn't him. Yeah, I mean he's he, you're right because he would be the dude that would do it. Like cat, no. Hey, <laughs> hey Chris, <laughs> Ant, no. Yeah, Elo, no. Like who's a who? Like I, what you Malik basically Beasley, look for? No. What you look for there, like, is which which member of the team can call the coach by his first name? You know. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. The you know? dude that the dude that works out on the beach in Tim's, that guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that guy. Who's the guy? Hey Chris, we need a timeout. Pat Bev, yeah. <laughs> if you if you do your if you do your beach workouts and run up sand dunes in Tim's, yeah. You can call a coach by his first name. Yeah. In baggy pants. Like, yeah. like not, 
<laughs> boot cut pants. <laughs> boot cut heavy ass Sean John jeans. <laughs> Probably still have some of those somewhere. I, th- there are pictures of me in Sean John clothing. That, that, that was the thing that happened. On that note, before y'all start Googling, <laughs> that, that, that's going to do it for this episode of The Hook and this week's episodes here on the Silver Screen Roll Podcast Network. I want to thank you guys. I'm going to continue thanking you guys so long as our numbers can continue to climb. I like that, yes. We are, I, I am legitimately astonished at the amount of support that you guys are giving us uh, here at the end of a season where the Lakers sucked in the middle of a postseason where the Lakers are inactive. Um, so I want to thank you guys a ton for that. You guys are making me look like a genius with my bosses. So I appreciate that. Um, let's continue that. Let's keep that thing rolling. Let's keep this thing rolling. We all have our teams that we adopted at the beginning of the postseason. Um, I'm, I, I gotta need, I need to check in with Raj to see which team he took out. Like now that his Clippers lost, uh, yeah. <laughs> Raj's Clippers. Um, but until next week, I'm Anthony Irwin. That is Aaron Larsoul. And this was the hook.